0: From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here's your host, Eric Wakeling.
1: All right. Welcome to another episode of the Calvary Life podcast. I'm Eric Wakeling here with you and excited to have Denise Hongslow with us. How are you doing today, Denise?
0: I'm doing very great. Happy to be here.
1: Yes. So uh, people don't know this, but uh, we tried this once before and uh, (laughs) we we tried to talk and we had some technical difficulties and uh, we brought you back in now. It's kind of months later, but I know I know this, this story that you're going to share with us. And I, I am so excited for people to be able to hear from you because it's pretty, um it's pretty made for TV at some level, right? Yeah,
0: I, I'm, if, I don't know. Am I going to ruin the rights by sharing it
1: now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you retain all rights. We do <laughs> not. Uh, yeah, so it's good. But um, why don't you first share with us a little bit about your Calvary origin story? When did you start coming to Calvary? What's what's that for you?
0: So I was, I don't know, maybe six or seven months old, probably. Um I was born in Michigan and then my dad was a teacher and came out to California and took a job teaching at Calvary and taught there, became the vice principal, was there for twenty years probably, and we went to Calvary Church. So I've been here my basically my whole life.
1: Yeah, you are a lifer. We've got we've got yeah. a bunch of lifers here, but it's pretty amazing to be yeah. here that long. And and our school is not that old. And so your dad must no, have been not. here right, you know, must have been here right at the beginning.
0: I think Mr. C is the only one that's been here longer than him that's still here that I know of.
1: Okay, okay, there you go. Yeah, and Mr. C is kind of you know, he's, he's a legend in these parts, Definitely. right? <laughs> he was
0: one of my teachers.
1: Okay. That's awesome. And then he's still teaching PE like today. So that's yeah. great. Um, wow. Okay. So yeah, your, your life where you've been around here and then your, your family. So who's some of your immediate family that are around these parts?
0: Uh, my mom is Art of Chafee. She still goes here. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister went to Calvary school all the way through and comes to church. Uh, periodically she lives in Tustin too. Okay. And so, yeah, we both went through Calvary church school yep. all yep. the way through.
1: And then, and and I mean, your actual, like your current immediate family. With and,
0: <laughs> well, yeah. This story that I'm going to be sharing goes all over time and space between right. now and past. But yeah, my current right. family, I'm married to Gary. Yes. Hans Lowe. Mm-hmm. And I have two daughters, Amelia and Gabrielle. Yes. And they're part of the student ministries, one in high school and one in junior high.
1: Awesome and so this is yeah you're right this is a story of family that we're going to tell so let's go back to the very beginnings and just kind of talk to us about what you knew of your uh, your own personal origin story not your Calvary origin story.
0: So the story kind of. It does go back and forth a bit, which is why people are like, "You should write it." I'm like, "I'm trying to figure out how to write it linearly." Yeah, yeah. Because it's back and forth. But so what I was told—well, I always knew I was adopted.
2: Mm-hmm. Just
0: there was never a point when they sat me down and revealed this new thing to me. So it was just right. part of my knowledge all along. Um, so, um, but what I was told was that my birth mom had died when I was born, okay. and there was no information about my father, and that's what I grew up knowing, thinking. I might never ever know anything, but I had always wanted to know. There was just a part of me that just knew that I wanted to know the story. What, what was it? What happened? What was the story? And
1: but it was a closed adoption, though, right? Like, because how's that? Because what state were you born in again? You said Michigan, right?
0: Michigan, in the yes. state of Michigan. Uh, the year that I was born, uh, the law had changed later, but because I'd been born in 1977, uh, all adoptions were completely sealed okay. at that time, and I could not go back and find any information through paperwork, which I had mm-hmm. tried, and yeah. that led to nowhere. Uh,
1: So had you been, is that something that has sort of been consuming you a little bit? Like you were very happy and and you experienced a very loving family, right? Oh yeah.
0: I had a completely wonderful childhood. No reason to think, oh, I want a different family. I completely love, my mom is my mom, my dad is my dad. And nothing changes that. But there's, when you're an adopted person, you do have two parents. Mm -hmm. You do have, well, you have four parents. You have two moms, two dads, Hmm. and that's who you are, which is a different story than other people who don't have the same experience. Right. And so I had n- no problems with my family I grew up with, but I knew there was another set of parents out there. Well, I didn't know there was a set. <laughs> I knew there was at least
2: Yeah. A there's father a father out there. out there, right? Yeah. So
1: So how long have you been sort of growing in curiosity about your story and what was some of the process of you like digging into that, how did you find out more?
0: Well, uh, the curiosity was always there. As a kid, I was very passionate into creative writing, and uh, there's so many different storylines I created. Mm-hmm. So that curiosity was just always there. Um, in my early 20s, I tried to go through the legal route and tried to see if I could open records, which ended nowhere.
2: Mm.
0: And then about 15, 16 years ago, I tried the DNA test, but that was inaccurate at the time for uh, mitochondrial DNA. Which okay, is, is
1: that sort of pre the, like, kind of, Pop culture like the way that it's so popular now to do ancestry or 23 Me was before some of that
0: It was still ancestry, it was still ancestry. and it okay. was popular But the science hadn't was not as good for females as it was for males at the time.
2: Oh, yeah, okay
0: And either way the way it works is you have to get a match hmm. So whether they can tell you you're British English Scandinavian, whatever They still can't tell you who the exact person is unless there's an exact match
1: that's true. That's true. So I've, I've done, you know, my own Ancestry.com stuff, but I've never tried. With that, I wasn't doing, like, trying to actually find people. I was just right. finding out my my heritage, right? right. So
0: okay. I, about 15, 16 years ago, did it. And I found out my heritage, but okay. didn't get any answers as to exact people.
1: Okay. So then where's your journey go from there?
0: So... And it's always like an emotional roller coaster, right? Like, okay, I'm never gonna find anybody. Try to be okay with that because I have a good life and let yeah. it go.
1: And you're to, already having kids of your own at this point, right? Like,
0: well, not the first time. Th- oh, not the
1: first time, but, but 15 then, years ago.
0: But yeah, so she's gonna be 16 soon. So it was just <laughs> maybe it was 17 years ago. It was before yeah. kids. Oh,
2: okay, okay. And
0: then, um, then I had kids and got caught up and was like, well, you know, I have a great family, I have kids. I need to just let this go, but I mm-hmm. just couldn't. Mm-hmm. So. However many years later, 16, 17 years later, I was like, all right, fine. My 40th birthday was coming up. All right, I'll try it again. Mm-hmm. For my birthday, I'll do the test again. And that time, um, I got a hit hmm. on a what turned out to be my grandfather's cousin.
1: Okay. So you got a hit on your grandfather's cousin on your birth father's side or your birth mother's
2: side?
0: That was the funny part is we didn't know at the time. Okay. So um, being told that my birth mom had died when I was born really threw the search off. Yes. Because the hit that I got, this guy is totally, totally into the genealogy. He knows everybody.
2: Hmm. And he's
0: thinking, well, I must be on your dad's side because there's no females on my side of the family who died.
2: Okay. Uh, okay so okay. that
0: threw us off. So he's trying to help me find who my... Real well, you know, who my parent is, and we're just running into dead ends everywhere. Hmm. And then um, probably six months goes by and I get another hit.
1: Okay. Who's and this hit? So this hit
0: <laughs> fun- turns out, and, you know, this story just kind of shatters doors for everyone. Turns out to be my dad's half sister that he didn't know he had. Okay. okay. So my birth dad. Okay. So uh, he
1: doesn't even know he has this half sister. Okay. Wow.
0: Right. He didn't know. She had also been placed for adoption. Okay. And his mom had never told him hmm. about this child that, so my birth grandmother, my dad's half sister, you know, my dad's mom had put up her daughter for adoption. Okay. I had never told my birth dad. So I got a DNA hit to her. Okay. And she knew who she had a name her record where i guess wasn't completely closed she was born in a different state. Okay. So through her knowing who her mother was and the genetic relation i had to her it pointed toward one of her siblings. And the only one who would have been old enough to have been my parent was my or is my birth dad. Okay. So that's how i found him, which was on the opposite side of the family of the other cousin i had found.
2: Hmm.
0: So in So we went back to him and I said, okay, well, let's look at the females on your side. And the only piece of information I had had all along was just one little piece of paper with some typed sentences with no heading, no anything. And I never really had completely even believed it was real because, you know, nowadays everything has to have a legal header, has to be signed, has to, it looks like an actual piece Mm -hmm. of information. Well, this didn't look like that. So I kind of just was like, well... I'm not sure about this piece of paper, but let's look at it. And that little piece of paper said that my um, birth grandmother had died at the age of 33 from cancer. Okay. That she had um, two daughters and a son. Okay. And that um, her second daughter was 18 when I was born.
2: Uh, oh, so okay. I give
0: that information to the cousin guy. Yeah. And five minutes later, he calls me back. I know who your mom is. Now, since I said, let's look at the females on your side of the family instead of the males. Yes. And, oh, and by the way, she's not dead. <laughs> so my, my <laughs> mouth drops, my jaw falls off. And like, well, what do you mean? Because this is the only thing that I've ever thought I've known.
1: Yeah. This is your whole life. This is your entire life and you are at the point of adulthood you said you're in your 40s at this point and you've got kids of your own and you're finding out right now that your mom who you thought was dead your entire life is not dead is alive
0: right yeah
1: so what's going through your head as you hear this news
0: I just I I don't even I couldn't even track my thoughts like
2: Mm -hmm.
0: okay uh and then well, within the same breath, she's alive, and here's her name, and here's her address, and here's her phone number. Wow! It's like, okay, I went through you know, however many years thinking I'm never gonna, well, my whole life thinking I'd never find her, hoping I would at least find my dad, mm-hmm. and going through the emotional roller coaster of you know this is never gonna happen, trying to give it up, yeah, thinking okay, I did the DNA once that didn't work, tried again, maybe a, 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 hoping for just a photograph, yeah. You Know my family was my family, but the only part of me that isn't my family is my face, my right. genetics. So, all I really wanted was a photograph like my curiosity like what did they look like? You know, I outgrew my mom in fourth grade, outgrew <laughs> yeah. my dad in yeah. sixth grade.
2: <laughs> they
0: both have blue eyes, so high school biology class, you're learning those little squares of okay if you have two blue-eyed parents the child cannot have brown eyes and I'm looking in the mirror thinking well I have brown eyes and they both have blue eyes so I wonder who else is staring at me right now who knows my parents both have blue eyes so yep. those kind of things were I'm going into this hoping I can get a photograph yeah never thinking I'd get a mom alive hmm. or any kind of relationships I I think was thinking you know they may not want any part of anything they might say you know close the door, go away, leave me alone.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And that's just really not what happened at all.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so you uh, found uh, this news out. What do, you, like, what do you choose to do with it then? Because you, know, you have contact info on your birth father as well at this point?
0: I had <laughs> addresses and phone numbers for both. Okay. So I decided to go through old-fashioned snail mail and actually hand-wrote a letter separately to each of them Mm -hmm. and I included photographs of myself as a child and then as an adult so, you know, they could see Mm -hmm. like then.
1: That seems kind. You're allowing them to process this information. Right. I think it's kind
0: of shocking to get a phone call out of the blue and then (laughs) what do you say? So if you get a letter and you can just think about it for a minute and then I included in my letter, my physical address, phone number, email, so they could contact me however they wanted or not contact me at all and then so i send both letters on the same day okay and then the wait oh man so i think it was uh thursday when i sent the letters so by tuesday i'm thinking okay well one was in seattle and one was in michigan thinking okay they might be there might take a couple more days so between tuesday all right we're not there wednesday not there you don't hear anything okay are they ever going to respond at all i don't know Thursday goes by. I'm getting kind of nervous, and then Friday, I'm like, okay, they're either going to call me today or it's not going to happen. Yeah. So all day I'm like sitting by my phone, thinking, oh, I don't want to drive anywhere because I'm going to be tempted to dra- pick up my phone. So <laughs> one place I had to drive, pick up my kids, so I put the phone in the trunk so I wouldn't be tempted to answer it and get a wow, car accident. You're so or something. responsible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hey, if you're going to find new family, you better stay alive for yes, it, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. So and then as I'm driving, I hear the phone ringing in the trunk.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know who's on the phone. So, I stopped driving, get the phone out of the trunk and it is my dad with like this deepest voice voicemail message call me back.
1: Oh, how'd you feel about his voice? What'd you think about oh, how just, did that hit you?
0: Hearing his voice. I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's got like the best voice ever. This guy should be a pastor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so it was just, I loved, it. I played that voicemail so many times just oh, to listen to his voice. Yeah. So of course I immediately call him back and in the letter I had written. I, I didn't want to be too in their face and I didn't have direct DNA link to them. I had my dad's half sister and my mom's dad's cousin so Hmm. i mean i'm told this is who it is but i still don't have direct so i had written the letter as hey i'm doing an ancestry search Uh, i'm adopted i was adopted in this city in this state in this month Hmm. i i think we might be related (laughs) if you would like (laughs) to pursue that please contact me so my dad's like yes i i think we're related i i can tell you i'm your father oh wow so he just straight out calls it
1: wow so. so then you called him back and like, what, how'd the conversation go then? Ooh, he, that was where he straight out called it or he did on yeah, the voicemail? I called
0: him back. Oh, he called it out on the voicemail. Okay. Okay. And so I call him back and he's just like, yep, I'm your dad. Wow. And just, we talked for, oh, half an hour, 45 minutes, just, and it was so strange, but not strange at the same time. Like I was talking to someone I'd known my whole life, but hmm. I'd never met. And it just kind of eerie how much we we're alike. I, oh, wow. I am just like him in so many ways, personality wise.
1: Okay. And so are, what are you, are you finding out information about him? Are you asking him, why are you asking him no. what's his family like now? You know I mean? All these sorts of things that you wonder, or are you kind of slow playing some of that?
0: I, I just wanted to slow play a little yeah. bit. I mean, I didn't know where he stood or why anything. Um, and I don't want to be in your face. Hey, no. why anything? I just said, I want any part of you that you want of me. Yes. And, you know, I've always, I, I didn't even know if he knew I existed without doing anything.
1: That's true.
0: Um, you know, the story could have been anything. So I, in wanting to find my dad all these years thinking I couldn't find my mom, part of it was wanting him to know because he might not have.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. So, so, but he did, but he did know that.
0: So it turned out he knew um, my mom had told him I was born. After I had already been adopted. Okay. So he didn't know beforehand. Okay. And he had never gotten a say in the matter. Okay. Um, so okay. he didn't get to give up rights or anything. He didn't. Okay. It was already said and done by yep. that time.
1: All right. So you're having a pretty good start, at least, you know, here with your with your bio dad. Now, like, what's, so what happens with this mom that you think has been dead your entire life?
0: It was funny. I didn't tell them this part because I wanted to make each conversation about the parent I was talking to. But while I was talking to my dad, my mom called from Michigan. So I kind of let that. <laughs> like, go. The,
1: like the beep beep. Like you've got like yeah. a call waiting kind of situation.
0: Well, yeah, like a call's breaking through. And so I'm oh, talking, I'm first time in my life I'm talking to my birth dad <sighs> And I don't want to break up the conversation and say, oh, yeah, hey, you know, mom's calling on the other line. So I just <laughs> let it go to voicemail. I looked at the area code. I'm like, oh, that's a Michigan area code.
1: <laughs> You've waited your whole life for this. And then it has.
0: To so at the same time. So <laughs> I, I just so continued so the conversation so with my dad, let the call go to voicemail and then. And uh, so then I finished the conversation with him. I'm like, okay, I got another voicemail. Yes. So I listened to hers and she's like, oh, yes, I know who you are and I'm your mother. Huh. And so hearing her voice, just being alive and talking, I mean, it was different because with her, I thought she was dead. Yeah. So...
1: It's sort of a. St- I mean, it's yeah. a little hard to even for me to process, and it's not my life. So just imagining, for you trying to like let all this somehow filter through your head, your heart, your body, like you yeah, know, just everything. and so many
0: emotions is yes. just impossible to describe.
1: Okay, so what's her voicemail like? If you don't know so she called and said
0: <laughs> yes, I'm your mom, and please call me back, and I would love to talk to you. Okay. So I'm done talking to dad, and I go and I call her. And her first question, because in my letter, I had said what month I was born and where I was born. But I didn't Hmm. want to include my actual birth date. Mm -hmm, I'm just mm -hmm. kind of approaching things differently. Uh And so her first question was, what's your birth date? Hmm. And I said, January 16, 1977. So I remember that day very well. Uh, I'm your mother. And that was just the first opening conversation with her. And what had happened... um, with the confusion of why is she dead? Why right. Why was I told that? Was well, she had gone into full eclampsia and had gone into coma ah. and was unconscious for two days. And I was transferred to a different hospital. Wow. So we still don't know why my mom was told that my birth mom was dead. But at least some pieces kind of make sense of information getting lost. Or Yep,
1: yep. But this isn't some story of... You know, not your parents, you know, lying to you your whole life and, you know, because that could be pretty tragic seeming and it's not a story of your bio mom saying, tell her I'm dead and, you know, or something like that either. So,
0: and and she's like, I don't know why you were told I was dead, but, you know, I was in a coma and unconscious for two days. So, so we don't know where the information went awry. My parents that I grew up with, it's hard to say mom, dad, parents who,
2: who you talking about yeah exactly but
0: you know my mom is my mom that raised me yep and i try to preclude birth mom birth dad but it gets hard to sure i understand <laughs> always that say i those. understand that but um nobody lied that i can see my parents growing up always told me everything they knew and yeah. and they i never felt they left anything out i never felt they were ever trying to hide anything and they always, to the best of their knowledge, would answer any questions they could answer. Hmm. But there were so many answers that just weren't available.
1: Yeah, weren't available to them. They just didn't know, right? They didn't know, yeah.
0: and they didn't have any way of finding out.
1: Yeah, so you had this very openly discussed adoption story, but the story itself couldn't be fully told. So it's kind of this interesting thing, because your parents right. were very open with you, right? but it was so limited.
0: Right, so it wasn't an open adoption. It was right. a closed adoption. <laughs> so there's just... yes. Things you just don't know, can't find out.
1: Yeah. And then, okay, so like, you know, how how did this, you know, continue for you? Like, were you able to then meet them? And what has that relationship been like?
0: It just I mean, it's still kind of when I think about it. Because now it's getting to the point where I don't think about it all the time. It's starting to feel like this, this is my life. This is normal because it's my normal.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe
0: it's not normal because it doesn't happen to everybody else, but it's starting to be my normal.
2: Hmm.
0: That I have a mom and I have another mom. Mm-hmm. And I now have a dad again because um, my dad passed away. So right. that's been amazing too, having a second chance at yeah. another dad.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Completely different, obviously. But um, I have a dad again now. So, and it's just, they're just part of my life. They're part of my family. Hmm. And I'd never expected there to be this much openness. I fully expected that siblings could be mad that I'm trying to move in on their parent or something. And even all the siblings, I was invited to my brother's wedding. Oh. and they're to the point of like, they're including me in the family photos. <laughs> you know, oh my that's okay. You don't have to. Yeah. You know, they're, no, get in the photo.
1: <laughs> at the wedding. Okay, kind of at thing. the wedding. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. sweet. So
0: it's just completely open, completely accepted.
1: Okay. When was the first time then that you met your mom in person or your dad, whichever one was first, maybe.
0: So that's kind of a funny story too. Uh, my mom uh, was turning 60. A few months after I had found her. And so she said, for my birthday, I want to come and hug you for the first time. Because she had never (laughs) held me, never seen me, never touched me.
2: So so
0: she had made plans to come out. And I'm talking with my dad. And he's like, well, are you going to meet her? Do you have plans with her? And I said, well, I do. And he's like, well, I want to meet you too. I said, well, I don't know the story between those two. (laughs) Yeah, 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 Do you guys hate each other? Do you get along? I don't know. (laughs) And so I asked each of them separately if I could give them each other's information so they could work it out. Because I'm like, I I don't know. I don't want to be the in-between person. You two figure it out. (laughs) That's so great. So they both decided that they wanted to meet me at the same time. Mm. So she had plans to come out, and he made plans to come out, too. So he and his wife came out, and she and her cousin came out, and I brought my Ashley along, (laughs) (laughs) and we all met. So my best friend Ashley also goes to this church, and she has been my best friend since third grade and has gone through all the... Uh, Roller coaster emotions with me of wanting to find she tried to help me go through the legal side when that happened back in my 20s she went through the first dna test with me she's been by my side as my best friend so she's the one that came with me when i met them
1: wow so where where did this all go down
0: downtown disney okay (laughs) (laughs) so
1: Uh, just it's so first of all it's so sweet that that they came to you and that right. your dad came, you know, that your your bio dad came also at the same time. They, they wanted to put that effort into it. Right, you know, yeah. I, I would just think for you at least that they were they were in like, you know, they were putting effort. You weren't right. just having to drag this out of them or something. Or, right. Yeah. It know. kind
0: of feels like, you know, two parents who had gotten divorced and just sharing custody or something. They were, were going to be uh, go through this together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so you're walking down downtown Disney and the meetups happening wherever it's at, you know, so what, (laughs) how does that, how does that go?
0: So my mom's flight almost didn't make it out because they had, it's Michigan, right? Mm -hmm. And it was in November. So they had a storm. And, uh, so she was a little bit late, but she made it. Um, so I met him first and then I had made an, an album for each of them with like, just my baby pictures and growing up, wedding pictures, pictures of my kids that are their grandkids. Yeah, and so we're going through that with him, and then she walks up. It just, it just meeting them was and it was unexplainable in that it didn't feel like a first meeting. <sighs> wow! But it was
2: okay.
1: That's so great. So there was this sense of family, even right. though you hadn't known each other right. your entire lives. I was
0: meeting people that I already knew especially my dad because I feel we're so much alike.
2: Hmm.
0: My mom is amazing and there's definitely love there, but she her personality is just a little different. I'm very extroverted, outgoing, sometimes too loud, over the top. She's just very reserved and quiet and so she's amazing, but it just I see in the personality side so much hmm. of my dad. He's also so over the top and outgoing and confident, just wow. different. So
1: Okay, so how does all of this make you, you know, feel about, do you have certain thoughts on, I'm wondering just kind of like what your thoughts are on adoption and your, you know, for you on your sense of being adopted and how, has that affected anything like kind of how you feel about how adoption should be or, you know, even when it comes to open and closed or, you know, some of that kind of stuff.
0: I've actually done some uh, counseling for families who have adopted or are looking into adoption, and it it always has to be led by the adopted child hmm. uh, because as every human has different re- reactions to life, every adopted child who is a human is going to also have a different reaction. Yeah. Um. So I always wanted to know, um, but there's adopted people who don't want to know. That's true. But either way, I think it's best to tell the child so there's never that point of why didn't you tell me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because once you start telling a child anything that isn't the truth it's a lie yeah and at some point you have to then undo the lie or explain why you lied right and my parents never did that they never even as a baby i'm sure at one point i pointed to my mom's tummy and said i was in there she never said Oh yeah, yeah, sure, and then had to undo it later. Uh-huh. She was like, "No, you were in a different mommy's tummy." But the the saying my parents had was, "People don't make families; God makes families," and that's how I grew up. And that's was the best model of describing family. Mm-hmm. And my and God made family. My family was my family. Yeah, and I never questioned it, and I never questioned their love because they never hid anything or made me question yep. by telling me the truth. And it. Allowed me to not question.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's interesting. You know, because in our family, we have so my wife B is she's adopted, and um, her parents had passed away, and. Um, and she knew them and then they died and then she was adopted actually by her half sister. Wow. And <laughs> so she's got this kind of crazy muddy story, kind of like, you know, you, when you're trying to kind of mm-hmm. explain all of the, the pieces to people, sometimes they can get lost in the details, but we don't have the, obviously this same story as you, but I just sort of, I have this, Deep understanding of what, what you said. Your mom said about how um, we, you know, people don't make families. God makes families, and or if I got that right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good job. And okay, thanks. I my memory lasted two minutes. Uh, <laughs> so no, but it is it's true because these you know these people sort of aren't biological aren't biologically her parents, but they very very much are her parents and have been incredible. And then there's also parts of it that are hard. You know, and, and, uh, not, not anybody doing anything wrong, but there's parts of it that sometimes are just, are just different and hard, but it's still very, very beautiful. You know,
0: it is. Well, and the beauty of it, sadly, it's the truth that every adoption starts in brokenness. Yeah. Um, but then every family is a redemption story in that, Mm -hmm. that they're redeeming just as Christ redeemed us. (laughs) Hmm. And if you look at the whole story of creation, it starts with brokenness in the garden, and it, the rest of time is a story of redemption.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's and a beautiful image because, like, it's that's, I think that's very relatable probably to everybody that has adoption as part of that story is that, yes, it had to start with something broken, a death, or something, or some sort of moment where a child was given then for adoption.
0: Right. A family broke down first, yeah. somehow, some way. Um, but then. It can be redeemed. Hmm. And it. in my case, I'm blessed that it got to be redeemed twice because yeah. it didn't only break for me. It broke for my birth parents as well. Yeah. Um, and that's the hard part of a closed adoption because it does need to be led by the adopted child. But in a closed adoption, the birth parents never get a chance Yeah. if the child doesn't try to come find them. And that's where, as an adult who didn't have any problems you know, I didn't have any daddy problems. I didn't have any need for other parents, but I did have a care. I didn't know if my dad knew I existed. I didn't know if he was okay with me being out in the world. I didn't know how he felt. And it turned out for my birth, mom was the one she had been hurting hmm. my whole life. And hmm. I didn't know that. And me finding her helped her have healing. Wow. And everyone in her family that I had talked to had said that, She's different now. She's healed finally and had, and she hadn't, you know, I said she's more reserved and more quiet. She had never told anyone.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. She
0: was told by her stepmom at the time that she would never talk about it again.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: And she never did. And so she had never healed and had been hurting. And so every year on my birthday, she was just in pain. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so after I found her, my next birthday after that, was the first birthday that I never had to think this is the day my mom died oh, yeah. and she never had to wonder what happened to my child yeah because she never got to know then neither of them got to know where I was how I was yeah was I okay and for her having a child out there in the world and not getting to know if that child was even alive or okay or suffering or happy and she made the ultimate choice to try to give her child a better life but then she didn't get to know how it turned out <laughs>
1: That's so cool that your pursuit, even just even if it even if it might have come from just curiosity, you know, and this right. longing that your pursuit led to all of that healing, yeah, you know, for for you, for her, for everybody. Right? Well, I and, think
0: that God places desires in us for a reason too, and I think my curiosity, I feel this, was placed by God so that she yeah. could have the healing too. Yep, because I didn't need it as much as she did.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Have the moms hung out before?
0: They have met. Okay. I don't know if we say hung <laughs> out, out. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone, the, uh, my birth parents have both, my mom met both of them. My birth mom, my birth dad. Okay. We, we went to dinner. Okay. So, uh, yeah, they all met. And my mom was happy because she got to thank my birth mom mm-hmm. for our family.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Because yeah, what a gift.
0: Yeah. Without that, my, my mom couldn't have kids. Okay. So, without the gift of adoption for her, she wouldn't have had to have family.
1: This is such a cool story. I think it's just so incredible and amazing. Uh, are there ways then that this, you know, this whole discovery has sort of impacted you because you're a mom and yeah. you know, how has this impacted you in your life as a mom?
0: It just, it showed like as a mom, I can't imagine my knowing that I have a child out there
2: <sighs> right, and yeah.
0: not getting to know, are they hurting today? Are they, yeah. do they need a hug today? Do any of that not being able to know? Yeah and um uh, just i mean i was born in 1977 my birth mom had every legal right to abort me mm-hmm. and she didn't choose huh. that she was 17 years old mm-hmm. and pregnant yeah and she was not in a good family situation she hid it from her parents because she was afraid of her stepmom huh. so in all that the easiest thing would have been to abort me yeah and she didn't and just to thank her for that because i have life i have an amazing life i have two daughters that are amazing and beautiful. I get to be a mom. I get all these things because she chose life for me. Yeah, And it was horribly difficult for her to make that choice. Yeah, I'm But sure. she was already a mom at that point to make that choice for me.
1: Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, in the church and we talk about how we believe in the value and the sanctity of life. Right. And right. we, um, You know, we would hope that people what we hope is that for this story to be what happens, that someone would be willing to not make the momentary a choice that can be sort of quote unquote solved within moments or even just a day uh, versus one that will take 10 months or, you know, nine, you know, nine months. And and then a lifetime of knowing then that you gave that baby away is still is hard. But knowing that that. Those months went towards the story of your life. Right. Like if people can have a sense of that image, I think that can give you a picture of what we hope the world would understand when we say we're pro-life. Right.
0: Right. And that's the full sacrifice of her. Like she didn't get to mother me growing up, but she already was my mother when she decided to give me life and to go through the sacrifice of her pain
2: Mm -hmm. so
0: that I could have so much. And I did. I had such an amazing life. She's the one who suffered. Yeah, And she chose that for me, which would have been easier for her not to.
1: Yep, absolutely. And that sounds uh, quite similar to the story of Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he chose the suffering so that we could have life. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's such a parallel in what I see in my story that I can see God's story through it.
1: Yeah. Now I've heard you talk about, I know you haven't adopted, but you've talked about sort of having, you've had a heart for that, right? A heart uh, for adoption. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
0: bring my husband into this <laughs> on our very first date, I told him, um, uh, I am going to adopt. So whether we have children biologically or not, you know, if you don't have a heart for adoption, don't call me back. <laughs> so he did call me back so far. We have wonderful biological children. Yes. Uh, neither of them are adopted yet. So, well, they're not going to be, <laughs> but none of our current children are adopted. Ed, so I'm still right. hoping at yeah. someday, hey, oh, it doesn't have to be an infant. That's but right. I would still love to adopt if his heart ever decides to change on that. That's cool. Well, my but kids yeah. need to
1: go to college. So if you want to adopt my kids and send them to college, then I'll adopt them back later. This is on the is air.
0: <laughs> no, if I adopt, it's permanent. So
1: I'm just kidding. I
0: don't think you're going to give them up. All
1: right. No, I definitely won't. But um, oh, that's that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. to just even, you know, I do. I, I love uh, stories where we can kind of just get our heads around um, some of this like real life stuff when it comes to the sanctity of human life and, and your story is such a beautiful real life story of that. And we, we want even here at Calvary church when it comes to, to thinking about being pro-life or the sanctity of human life, that it's well beyond, um, being like sort of pro birth as people would say, you know, that we want to say, okay, how can we help young moms? How can we help, parents that are in a struggle, like we have, you know, this uh, Safe Families for Children is a ministry where people can take in a kid. Maybe you can't adopt for a long time and you're not even a foster parent, but you can be a safe family that can take in somebody's child while they're trying to get clean off drugs or get off the street or whatever, you know, some of those kind of things where sometimes people would would have to give up their child or have their child taken from them, you know, from certain things that we can help prevent some of that, that we want to be about that stuff too. Definitely. So, um, I love that. So do you think any kind of any other life lessons that you'd have from this, that you just kind of hope people would, would be able to hear even before we close this out?
0: Uh, it's just in all of it, it's, you know, what's the best story for the other person? For me, I was able to help my birth parents. It wasn't about Yes, I wanted answers, but mm-hmm. I would have been happy with a photograph. But I was yeah. able to help them be able to have what they were missing. Yeah. My birth dad, um, w- what didn't want me given yeah. up. Yeah. He, but he didn't get a say. So now he had always hoped I would find him, and so he gets to be part of my life and my kids' life. He's just the happiest grandpa in the world. Aww. He's just so excited to be part of their lives and my life. So they both. By me doing this, they both were able to get part of something back, too. Yeah. And that just the message that eh, we may not always get our answers now, Mm -hmm. but the efforts we make can come back Mm -hmm. years, decades Mm -hmm. later, and we can reap benefits that we never thought we would.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And that just beautiful story, I think is such a I think it's such a redemptive, as you said before, it's such a redemptive story and such a model of this sort of redemptive nature of Christ that he takes our brokenness, this 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 whole thing. He takes our brokenness, he takes what has been was lost, you know, and then he brings wholeness and some of you're you're such a cool, amazing story because you're able to kind of find that wholeness now. Um, and knowing that for most, maybe probably most people, it's, you know, a little bit of having to wait till one day, you know, and, right. um, when well, it
0: was 40 years, <laughs> that's and true. So that's true. I think my birth mom never thought that it would happen for her either. Yeah. So, and in some of those stories where you hear, you know, oh, I prayed for someone for so many years and gave up hope. You never know how long it's going to take. mm but
2: this is good it can still yeah. happen
0: <laughs> and that that's the fun part of my story that it didn't happen so you know 40 years later yeah so sometimes those stories are just a long time
1: yeah exactly i was even just talking about this sunday about how sometimes a lot of our frustrations with god come because come from how God's view of time is so different than our view of time. So right. we can get frustrated with God expecting him to think the way that we do of everything's just at a moment's notice. But, right. you know, 40 years to God is nothing, yeah. even though to us it's so long, yeah. right? 40 years of wandering in the wilderness for the Israelites. <laughs> right. yeah. And uh, so you're, how yeah, you think about your, your birth mom, just so long of this, this whole, this grief, you know, so long for you of this wondering so long for your birth father of that, you know, and that how God came and and now healed it. But it was, it was a long haul of, right. of waiting patience.
0: Right? Yeah, no. And we didn't, my birth dad didn't get to see my kids as babies mm-hmm. and my birth mom or mom didn't either. And there are parts that we missed out. Mm-hmm. But then again, you think of choosing, you get to choose to enjoy now Mm -hmm. or be upset about what was in the past. Yeah. And I want to choose to enjoy everything that I have now and not be upset of what I didn't have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good perspective too. I think Denise. Yeah. Just to, to be able to focus in on, on Lord. Okay. I've had this stuff happen in my past. Can I, do I just dwell on that? We need to heat. We need to work through it, but we, if we just are completely fixated on that, we'll just get stuck right right yeah and I think it happens for a lot of us. So, uh, but man, just such a celebration! I think of of Definitely. what God has done in your life, and and such a wild story that I'm excited to read your book someday. And uh, you know, I think you should have it kind of do a flash back and forth kind of. I think that's the the timeline you should use. That's
0: how I'm thinking it's gonna be, but that's <laughs> okay. a lot harder to write. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you could. We could figure it out. I actually just read a. I actually just read a really cool book called "Where the Crawdads Sing" that kind of has this uh, flashing back back and forth thing. So yeah. maybe that could be a model, but. Um, anyway, okay. uh, so yeah, so thankful for your story and thankful for how God has used it. And uh, thanks for being on the Calvary Life podcast. Oh,
0: thank you. Thanks again for joining us on the Calvary Life podcast. If you enjoyed our show this week, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Calvary Church or share any of your thoughts, check us out on our website at calvarylife.org or find us on one of our social media accounts or on Instagram at calvary underscore church. Facebook at Calvary Church of Santa Ana and Twitter at Calvary Life.